You're listening to SMSF Connect podcast on iRadio Live that brings you programs covering a variety of genres under development. Hello and welcome. This is Aarti. We bring to you the second part of our interview with Keegan Kotsky from the World Food Prize Foundation. Keegan is Senior Director, Global Youth Programs and Partnerships at the World Food Prize Foundation headquartered in Des Moines, U.S. In the earlier episode, we spoke about challenges to food security and also about preparing our next generation to overcome these challenges. This is part two of our discussion featured in this episode. So moving on to the next question, Keegan, uh, you head the Global Youth Programs and Partnerships at World Food Prize Foundation and your career path also began as a George Washington Carver intern in 2001. So how do you think we should be empowering the next generation and preparing the food leaders of tomorrow? Absolutely. Uh, I'll, I'll share a personal example of how, how my life was changed. When I was 18 years old as an intern at the World Food Prize Foundation, I met Norman Borlaug for the first time. And he sat me down and he, and he said, I want you to tell me what you're studying, what you're interested in, and what you're doing. So for 30 minutes, we talked about, you know, all of these different things. And I had worked so hard and I cared so deeply. And, and, and I shared this with him. And at the end of the conversation, one of the most important things ever happened in my life. And it was such a shock and a surprise to me. And I'm so thankful for it. Mm-hmm. Dr. Borlaug said, it's great that you care, but that's not enough. And it never will be. You cannot offer a solution unless you understand the problem. Mm -hmm. And you can't understand a problem unless you experience it yourself. You need to go and live with and learn from and listen to the women farmers who are addressing these issues every day Mm -hmm. in their home, in their community, in their fields. They're the ones that have the knowledge that we need to actually focus on. So at age 18, he challenged me, said, I want you to come back in a few days and I want you to have a plan to get to Southeast Asia and to get to Southern Africa and I want you to go listen and learn from women. Mm-hmm. So that next, that next semester, I went to Malawi and was working at the uh, World Agroforestry Center, working with women farmers and looking at different sustainable agriculture practices they were adopting and implementing. Mm-hmm. And most importantly in that experience, we weren't learning what was working, we were learning what wasn't working for them. Mm-hmm. And that was the takeaway. It was actually, there are great technologies available, there's plenty of resources, there's, there's plenty of knowledge. But if it's not translating into an improved livelihood for this family, then what is its utility? Mm-hmm. What is its purpose? So I am so thankful that the first few years of my real development and growth as a young person was actually just listening and learning about not just what works, but what doesn't work, and why isn't it working, Mm -hmm. and what's needed for it to work. And actually that broader understanding of the reality on the ground, the context and the culture, and all of those issues that actually are the most important thing in determining the success of an intervention or a project, that was where I started. And to be challenged to say, it's great that you care, but you actually need to start by listening and learning, and maybe then you'll have something to contribute. That changed my approach to life. That, that changed everything for me. Mm-hmm. So in the youth programs that, that we're creating, we're trying to really step back and say, how do we reach a young person where they are? Mm-hmm. Let's let them pick the thing that they're interested in. 
So they can choose any topic that they're passionate about. It might be water scarcity, gender equality, a plant disease, it can be anything in the world because every issue comes back to our food system and our nutrition and our health and our energy and our well-being and our economy. Everything is intimately interlinked. So let's not, let's not come to them and say, you know, you have to work in agriculture. Let's ask, what are you passionate about? Mm. Let them define that and then learn about, okay, what are these issues in another place in the world where they don't live? So we ask them to focus on a country not where they, they live or grew up, some other context. So they're learning about another way of life, another type of family and economy and culture. Mm -hmm. And so as they're looking at those issues in an applied way, they're learning about global understanding, about cultural differences and distinctions, yeah. about what contexts vary and why and how and why that matters. So, so even from the beginning, it's focusing on what they're passionate about. It's exploring it and how it affects a typical family in another place. Mm -hmm. And then we challenge them to focus on what does the evidence tell us? Mm -hmm. Given this is an issue, what do we know works? Maybe it's worked in another part of the world. Maybe it's worked at a smaller scale. But what does the evidence tell us? Mm -hmm. And based on that, in the context you just described, what do you think would work here? Mm -hmm. And how would we implement it? Who should pay for it? What challenges will we face? You know, what are those practical, actual, context-specific issues that we need to think about? So I say all of that because I think it's important that we're both reaching people where they're at, young people, based on their interests. Not telling them what they should do. Not telling them the, the future that should be ahead of them. Let's start with what are they interested in? What do they care about? Because that'll help them build a life where they're driven by passion and energy and they love what they do so they can contribute the most. And then let's start shaping this experiential learning around understanding other cultures and contexts, what evidence means and why we can listen to it to better inform our decisions and, and what we do. And let's give them a voice and a seat mm -hmm. at the table to actually drive that conversation. The reason that's so important is and, and Dr. Borlaug, you know, made a very powerful statement when we were creating our youth programs. He said, if we want someone to be solving these problems at age 50 as a CEO, as a scientist, mm -hmm. as a, you know, a political leader, head of state, we have to, at age 15, have them thinking about it. True. And understanding the issues and preparing themselves over the next 30, 40 years to be prepared to make those tough decisions, to prioritize the right things. So it's not about expecting someone at the peak of their career to be ready. We have to help prepare them for that future. And so how do we make sure that we're giving a 14-year-old or a 17-year-old or a 22-year-old a place um, in, this, in this critical work? So one of the things that's so beautiful about the SM Segal Foundation and our partnership is that you're doing this incredible work every day in mm -hmm. villages and communities across India. And there's an opportunity here for young people to come into that space, mm -hmm. to learn and listen and get to start understanding the broader context and complexity of the world we live in and see how they have a place in solving these issues and addressing it. And it's the power of our partnership and one of the really beautiful things about the work of the World Food Prize and, and the Segal Foundation. Yeah, you've already touched on the next question. How many more questions left? Last because question. Last, last one. Because okay. uh, people are waiting for him for lunch. Oh, sorry, okay. sorry. Okay. Okay. So as you rightly mentioned, catching them young is the uh, important point. And uh, we have had the opportunity of, as you rightly said, hosting a lot of World Food Prize interns with us in the past who have looked at various domains uh, in agriculture and also related to agriculture. 
So what synergies do you think uh, both the organizations have in improving of, uh, the food security in the world? Absolutely. The, the work that, that the SM Seagal Foundation is already doing on the ground across so many villages and communities is having a transformative impact mm -hmm. and is improving lives, improving access to clean water, improving the quality of, of, of the food system and access to nutrition and better health, and in so many ways is, is improving livelihoods in, in, in the ways that matter most. So one of the, the things that we find most important is the ability to support that mm -hmm. and to be a part of that good work that you are doing every day on the ground. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to partner, to place incredibly promising young leaders, um, future researchers, but, but social scientists and economists and, 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 and future politicians and, and small business owners, it's not just about a focus on research. It's about every young person has a way, as a space to learn and grow here, to, to be better, better involved in our future. So it means so much to be able to place them in the field and, and, and in the village and in your projects and in your, in your staff to be able to learn and grow and support the good work that you're doing every day. True. Uh, thank you so much, Keegan. That brings us to the end of the uh, very informative discussion that we had on food security and regrading our soils and uh, food. So thank you for your time, and we really had a great time talking to you. Oh, thank you, and continue the incredible work that you are doing. Thank you for being with us. Stay tuned for more. You can also listen to these podcasts on Spotify, Apple, and Google.